Our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 13, which is on page 852 in your pew Bibles. And if you would please stand. Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I'm also going to ask you to turn to page 377 in your red hymnal, so you can follow along there if you'd like. One afternoon, I was putting away laundry, and I ran across one of my very favorite t-shirts. Across the front, it reads, it is well with my soul. I started to flip past the shirt, but for some reason, I went back. And a, a question suddenly flashed through my mind. Is it truly well with my soul? It stopped me in my tracks. My knee-jerk reaction was to answer a resounding, yes, of course it is. But afterward, I began to really think about the question, and I knew I needed to dig deeper. Maybe you've heard the story of how It Is Well came about. If not, I want to share it with you. A man of strong Christian faith, Horatio Spafford, was a successful Chicago attorney and property owner. He and his wife, Anna, were blessed with five children, one son and four daughters. In 1870, tragedy struck the family when their four-year-old son died suddenly of scarlet fever. Then a year later came the Great Chicago Fire, where much of Horatio's property was destroyed. After these great losses, in November of 1873, Horatio decided to travel with his family to England. He was delayed in Chicago to tie up some business matters, so Anna and their daughters went on ahead. During the ship's crossing, it was struck by another ship and sank in within 12 minutes. The only survivor from the family was Anna. So Horatio set out to be with his wife, and during his trip, as his ship passed over the spot where his daughters died, he returned to his cabin to write, it is well with my soul. Even in his despair, it seemed he never lost his faith. In her own grief, his wife Anna testified after her rescue that she had been aware of a voice speaking to her saying, you were saved for a purpose. And afterward, she spoke of something she once heard from a friend, 
It's easy to be grateful and good when you have so much, but take care that you are not a fair weather friend to God. After returning to Chicago in 1876, Horatio and Anna were blessed with two more daughters and a son. And very ironically, their second son also died at age four from scarlet fever. Eventually, the Spaffords went on to do missionary work in Jerusalem and continued to share the faith that got them through those years of pain. Now, I'm sure each of us have things that unsettle our souls, not only losing loved ones, as happened with the Spaffords, but other things. Being apart from the people we love, depression, loss of a job, financial stress, health issues, feeling out of control, uncertainty about the future, strained relationships, living with the effects of sin, and the list goes on. When I spotted the t-shirt in the closet that day, it caused me to do a little soul searching, no pun intended, and examine the reason for my question. It was definitely not well with my soul. Life was getting harder for me. Depression, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and out of control, not having things to look forward to, and just feeling stuck in a daily rut were all taking their toll on me. I wanted to get back on track so that things would be well with my soul again. But in my questioning, I learned one important thing. In my own power, I can't. I knew I needed to make some changes, but I wasn't sure what they were or where to start, except that I needed to turn to God. In times like this, I truly believe that the enemy wants us to feel numb and not admit or talk about what we're experiencing and just stay stuck in our circumstances. But we need to focus on this. That's not what God wants for us. He offers us promises in his word to provide us with hope, peace, comfort, direction, and so much more so that we can find our way through the situations we face. When I find myself feeling like I'm being bombarded with the stresses and difficulties of life, I turn to the Bible and spend more quality time with God. When I seek God consistently, my faith grows more and more, and it increases my confidence and trust in his promises. Focusing on him has helped me sense his presence with me despite my struggles. As I surrender my vulnerability to God, I feel his peace within me. And I choose to look to him for comfort and answers and strength when mine's gone. Horatio Spafford's steadfast faith in God and trust in his assured presence are what sustained him and led him to put pen to paper and write those famous words we're familiar with. So let's take take a look at verse one of all of it. No, sorry. Let's take a look at verse one of It Is Well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, 
when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So how can that be? Peace after everything that he and his wife had experienced. It seems impossible, but Matthew 19, 26 tells us that with God, all things are possible. There is a peace in knowing that there is one who is always greater than any trial, tragedy, or situation that we will ever face in this life. A peace in knowing that there is one who has overcome each and every sorrow. And as Philippians 4, 7 reminds us, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, one phrase in that verse caught, caught my attention. Whatever my lot. Right now, a lot of us don't like our lot in life and resist acknowledging whatever that might be. We end up asking ourselves, why is God letting me go through this? What kind of loving God would willingly let one of his beloved children be treated this way? God doesn't bring us evil and hurt, but he does allow difficulties and circumstances to happen to help us move forward to where he wants to take us. We have to realize that God's plan for us is truly the best plan and that he really does have our best interest at heart. His plan may be a hard one to swallow at times, but we sometimes forget that a true test of the wellness of our soul is through times of hardship and sacrifice. In the middle of all the turmoil, we have the hope and assurance that God hears our cry and knows right where we are. So let's move on to verse 2. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. In my life, I have a decision to make when trials come. Do I believe that God loves me or that he doesn't? Do I believe that God is good or is he not? It can't be a decision based on emotion or unrealistic expectations. It's not enough to rely on feelings or just to think positive to find a way through the darkness. We can't just base our decisions on circumstances we see with our physical eyes. The one we need to rely on is God, who sees more than we ever can. I have decided to believe God is good, even when I don't understand all the particulars of his decisions. Whether things go my way or they don't, God's love never changes. I've experienced firsthand that God will use whatever I am going through for his and my ultimate good. That's not just a canned response. It's backed up by Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good for those who are called, called, nah, 
for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter what we're facing. If the enemy comes after us, we need to be ready to fight the battle. And as we've learned over the last year, praise God, we aren't fighting it alone. Now, there's an important phrase in this verse as well. Let this blessed assurance control. Now, these words remind me that the one in control is not me. It doesn't say, let my situation control. Let my hurt and pain control. Let my feelings control. Or let myself control. The control word here is assurance. Assurance that in what assurance in what God has done and will do for us. Assurance that he won't leave us unprotected in battle. Assurance that he is in full control. Deuteronomy 31.8 tells us that the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Every one of our days is already planned out, and nothing is a surprise to God, even if it's a surprise to us. He is well aware, well aware of what's coming and knows how to prepare us. God is the master chess player, and every move is a part of his victory. So have you ever heard someone say that a person has the patience of Job? That phrase is meant to describe someone who perseveres in the face of devastating, devastating hardships. Job lost all of his children, his livestock, his servants, and his health. He suffered numerous trials, but instead of listening to everyone who told him to just give up and turn against God, he instead fell to his knees and turned toward him. His prayer could have easily been Psalm 119, verse 50. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Granted, Job was only human, and he still went through grief and pain for all that he lost. But he held on to his faith and believed that God was there by his side. He knew that it wasn't impossible that all would be restored again. And in the end, it was. God healed him, blessed him with more children, provided him with two times the property he had lost, and gave him the opportunity for a long, happy life. Continuing to verse 3 of it as well. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious, glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. During the time of his distress, Job's friends arrived to provide some comfort for him, but ended up turning on him and blaming unresolved sin for the trouble he was facing. In times of suffering, we may question if the cause is indeed a punishment for our sin. But God made a point to say in Job 2.3, that Job was afflicted with suffering without any reason. He makes it plain and simple. Suffering is not always the direct result of sin. 
We like to think that bad things aren't supposed to happen to good people. However, sometimes that is exactly what happens to good people who are living in a right relationship with God. Still, we have to face facts. At times, our right relationship with God can be damaged by sin. We have all fallen short at one time or another, but we are able to restore that relationship with him because of one thing, the cross. Our sin has been taken from us, not just part of it, but all of it, but the whole. And it has been carried to the cross by Jesus. He didn't just take the majority of our sin and leave the rest for us to handle. He took it all. It's completely gone, nailed to that cross, and we bear it no more. Because of that sacrifice, the weight of sin can be lifted from us for good. And because we have direct access to our God who loves us and wants to take our pain and struggles away and can provide us with everything we need to live through the difficulties we face. And finally, verse four. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Can't you just picture it? Our faith shall be sight. The day is coming that we as the children of God are anticipating. That incredible day because of what Christ has done. We look forward to that day when we can see him face to face and finally feel that we've come home. Although many have tried, we can't say exactly when that day will come. As it is said in Matthew 24, 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. When we get to that day, whenever it may come for us, God will make all things new and wipe every tear from our eyes and our trials and suffering will finally end. Psalm 30 verse 5 reminds us that weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Until that glorious day, we continue to live in a fallen, broken world and will inevitably experience times of trial and struggle. Life in the here and now is difficult, but the suffering is only temporary. My prayer for all who are hearing my voice is that we will be able to praise God and celebrate his ultimate sovereignty and authority over our difficult circumstances. Without God, we are broken, but with God, Nothing is impossible to overcome. So today, as we sing this song that was written in a time of anguish and grief, be reminded of what God offers us to, times, to, in, to us in our times of darkness and trials. His peace, his assurance, his forgiveness, and expectation are only the beginning of his promises to us. So much more is available to, to us if we only ask. 
And as we sing, we need to ask ourselves, I sing this song, but do I live it out? Do I remember and trust in the peace that I have that passes all understanding? Do I trust that God gives me the assurance that he is with me in the middle of my suffering? Do I thank him for the good times and the bad? And do I let, ha let him have control in my sorrow? These questions are key in answering the question I ask myself that day, folding laundry. With God, I can say with a resounding yes, that it really is well with my soul. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for all that you offer to us, for your, your peace and your assurance and your forgiveness and your hope and expectation of the day where we can see you face to face. Lord, let us remember that you are indeed with us in the middle of all of our trials and that nothing is impossible to overcome with you. Lord, now be with us as we sing the song that was written and just help us to feel the lyrics and remember the story and let it, Lord, be well with our souls. Amen.